This half hour of the I Work For Him show is brought to you by Nepsis Capital. Nepsis Capital has over 20 years experience helping listeners like you to invest with clarity. Visit them online at nepsiscapital.com. Who do you work for? You work for someone. Are you just there for the paycheck? Your clients, your boss, your family, your car payment, yourself, or your lord. Are you called to more than just getting it done by Friday? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. Welcome to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Broadcasting from our flagship studios in Tampa Bay, you've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon as we kind of split the shows in two on the first half of the show. We talk with Teresa Devine from 24-7 Purpose. The second half of the show, Dr. Paul Dr. Paul White who wrote Managing by Appreciation and his brand new book, The Vibrant Workplace. Paul White, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hey, thank you, Jim. I'm glad to be back. I'm, I'm thrilled to have you, and I loved your latest book. This is the third book I've read of yours now, and, and I just, it, it's it's encouraging. Reading your books is encouraging. Not only is it fun to read some of the stories, but it's encouraging to know, okay, not every workplace has to be has to do we have to experience drudgery we can right. actually enjoy it and and so why why what came why did you write the vibrant workplace you've already written really two really cool work uh, books rising above the uh, the uh, toxic workplace and the the managing by appreciation the five languages of appreciation in the workplace what why what prompted you to write the vibrant workplace well, it came about as a result of the work uh, I've been doing over the past six or seven years, uh, working with organizations and leadership teams and uh, helping them uh, learn how to communicate authentic appreciation to their team members. And, you know, change is difficult and there's challenges. And so over time, sort of there's a pattern of, okay, here's this challenge again, here's this one. And so basically made notes uh, of 10 sort of core challenges that happen in workplaces when you try to help build a culture of appreciation and understand the dynamics underneath those challenges and then how to overcome them. So it's really framed around how do you really make this work uh, in your workplace. So how key is it to understand the information that you put in the five languages of appreciation in the workplace? How key is that to understanding what you've got going on here in the vibrant workplace? Well, they're sort of hand in glove in the sense that uh, they both stand alone by themselves. But I would say uh, to fully implement the vibrant workplace, you're going to need to understand the five languages as well. But a lot of people start with the vibrant workplace because it starts with, how do I even get this going in my workplace if my manager or management isn't interested or, or I've talked to people and they just say, oh, we're too busy for this. So, you know, they're, they're sort of a team. You know, as I read your book and, and, and I had... Normally I get three books a month ahead of time and get it all done, but Martha and I were on the road traveling with the radio show, and so I got to read your book just last week, and so a lot of the statistics are in my head, and you could correct me as I'm, as I'm going here, but I think it was something like 80% of people or 81% of people don't feel appreciated in the workplace. 
but 51% of managers think they do a pretty good job of expressing appreciation, but only 17% of the people actually <laughs> felt appreciated. I mean, do I have those even close? Yeah, yeah, you're close. Yeah, it's it's almost 80%. Um, well, there's some ones that are similar. One, 79% people that leave a job voluntarily, they quit cite a lack of appreciation as one of the main reasons that they leave. Um, and 81% of employees say they would work harder and be more motivated if they got some appreciation from their supervisor. But the one that's key that I think you, you touched on is 51% of this big um, uh, multi-company study across the nation, uh, 51% of managers uh, um, think they do a, a decent job of showing appreciation when somebody's doing a good job, but only 17% of the people that work for them feel like they're doing a decent job, and so they're missing each other. And that's where we really emphasize that not everybody feels appreciated in the same way. So you need to communicate it in the language and actions that are important to the recipient, and you got to find that out. That's why we developed the Motivating by Appreciation Inventory uh, so that you can find out both how you and how the people that you work with want to be shown appreciation so you don't waste your time doing stuff that doesn't uh, really make a difference. Well, and, and if I were to be so bold as to say the most revolutionizing concept in the workplace today, and really it would have been for the last 2,000 or 5,000 or 6,000 years, is people feeling appreciated in the workplace that your last book that you wrote along with Dr. Gary Chapman, five language, the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. When people feel appreciated, it it's a game changer. Absolutely. It, Good things it, happen. I, I mean, and, and that's part of both in, in that book as well as the vibrant workplace. We lay out the positives for a, a business organization or an organization. It's not just about making people feel good or, you know, having, you know, ITs, you know, having a group hug at the end of the day. It's, it's that healthy workplaces, a vibrant workplace gets things done better and more effectively because people show up on time. They don't call in sick as much. They don't, you know, sort of grumble and complain and, you know, criticize one another. They uh, are more pleasant to your customers. So your customer satisfaction ratings go up. So a lot of good things happen when people feel sort of secure that you value them uh, as a person. Well, and, and as you wrote The Vibrant Workplace, which really takes the five languages of appreciation in the workplace and puts them into action, but it's talking about overcoming the obstacles of putting them into action, what, what do you see as – well, maybe, let me just step back for a second. Just describe what a vibrant workplace looks like. Yeah, most yeah, people yeah. listening are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Jim and Dr. <laughs> Paul White, you guys are smoking exist. weed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. You know, uh, yeah, a vibrant workplace is a workplace that's positive. There's a sense of energy. Uh, there's healthy relationships. Um, it's growing. Um, it's productive. It gets things done. And it overcomes the challenges and obstacles that we face. It's not that it's this perfect, you know, uh, sort of movie kind of uh, scenario where everything's just wonderful. It's it's real real life, but it has the tools and resources to deal with the challenges that come up. Well, and that's huh. everybody listening just said, "Oh, I want to work there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, in a, in a in an image that I use, it's sort of like if you walked into a really lush uh, forest, you know, that just was 
you know, uh, green and growing or maybe a greenhouse. And there's just that, you know, that oxygen that hits you and it's just energy. And it's just like, man, this is cool. Things are happening. That That's what a vibrant workplace looks and feels like when you go there. And I got to tell you, they exist. I've, I've had the opportunity to work with the leadership of a couple just the past six months. And they are so cool when you see how whether it's the owners or the managers and the supervisors really do respect and value uh, the people that work with them, their team members, and the team members value customers. And it just it sort of creates this cycle of appreciation that creates a real positive energy. All right, we're talking today with Dr. Paul White, who wrote The Vibrant Workplace, Overcoming the Obstacles to Building a Culture of Appreciation. And we're giving away his book today. Loved it for every, love to have you call in and experience this book, The Vibrant Workplace, that I just finished a couple of weeks. We've still got a few books left. Michael says we've got three out of four left. 877-943-9673. 877-943-9673. You can also email me, jim at iworkforhim.com. That's jim at iwork, the number for him.com. All right, Dr. Paul White, let's talk about, you know, we've already talked about how so many people feel unappreciated at work. And, mm-hmm. and and managers think they're doing a pretty good job. Isn't it, you know, I think one of the things I got out of your book is it's just this common hilarity that that a lot of companies have employee recognition programs, but right. people don't feel appreciated by employee recognition programs. What Where's the disconnect there? Well, you know, it, it's sad because employee recognition programs work well when they're designed well and implemented for the purpose they're supposed to do, and that is to acknowledge and reward good performance. And they do well for that. Um, uh, But when, in fact, research shows that, you know, productivity goes up. And so what happens, and some of these high-level managers and and CFOs say, oh, wow, we can do this. So then they just keep cranking it out and mechanizing, and then it becomes impersonal and very generic. Everybody gets the same award. It's the same, you know, ceremony all the time. And so uh, then people start to say, well, this, you don't even know me. I mean, and, and it's about, there's a difference between recognition and appreciation. One of the things that we've found is that, you know, it's good to be recognized when you do a good job, but you know what? We have value besides being productive, and that's one of the cool things as, as follower of Christ. We understand we're made in God's image. We have value. He loves us, and it's not just about cranking out work. And people in highly productive settings start to resent that they only hear positive things when you know they meet or exceed goals, and they're like, "Hey, you know, I'm a person too." And and it also the the focus on the personhood and the value there allows us to have positive interactions with those who aren't performing as well. I mean, one of the challenges with recognition is it tends to only hit the top ten to fifteen percent of the of the workforce, and so you got a whole eighty five ninety percent that don't ever hear anything, and they're like, hey, you know, what about me? Um, and so one of the things we found is with that sort of middle group, it's really cool to be able to show. Uh, and communicate appreciation about them just being dependable and showing up. And maybe, you know, they got a fun sense of humor and you value that. So appreciation is about sort of affirming the value that we see in others. All right, we've got some business owners that are going to listen to this show, that are listening to the show now, but are maybe even going to listen to it later on in the podcast. When you talk about really transforming a culture to a culture of appreciation, which creates a vibrant workplace, according to your book, The Vibrant Workplace by Dr. Paul White. What's the impact on the bottom line? 
Well, for sure, you're going to beat out your competitors for this reason. You're going to keep your good people. One of the biggest issues that, and it's more and more now that you know uh, employment is rising, is you can't find good people to replace uh, people who leave. And so you've got to keep both uh, the skills, the character, the, the knowledge base they have, the relationship with the customers. And if you lose them, and remember, almost four out of five people who leave say they left because they didn't feel appreciated. If you lose them, you're losing them to your competition typically. And so uh, that's huge as well as when people feel appreciated, all that sort of little stupid Moaning and groaning and complaining about little things that really don't matter goes out the window because if they know you, they value them, then they're willing to sort of work through things. And so things just run more smoothly, and you have a healthier organization with less just trash you got to deal with and get out of the way. Well, and if you're talking about eliminating the turnover of a potential 80% of your workforce, that number is a staggering number. But, I mean, and, and for you to say that four out of five people would consider leaving their job because they don't feel appreciated, you didn't say because they don't feel like they're paid enough. You didn't say because they don't have a nice office. You didn't say because right. they have too long of a commute. You're saying they're leaving a job, even if it's a good-paying job, because they just don't feel appreciated? Right. And most managers and business leaders think people leave for more money, but we know that leaving a job – remember, I'm a psychologist, so I understand some of this stuff sometimes <laughs> – and that is – Leaving a job takes a lot of emotional energy to do. You have to sort of disengage. You have to think through where you're going all that. And it takes an emotional driver to make that happen. And money doesn't create that. Money will help. But a lot of people stay in a very, you know, content state, uh, even though more money is waved at them because, hey, no, I like this. They value me. I got good team relationships. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, that's a powerful thing. But there's a lot of people listening today that are in the middle of the organization. They're not the they're not the owner. They're not the leader. They're not a manager. Is it possible, really quickly, is it possible for them to implement creating a culture of appreciation even if they're if they're not managing anybody? Can they start this on their own at their own desk? They clearly can start it, and that's one of the cool things that we've learned is that you can make a difference no matter where you are in the organization. You can be the receptionist. You can be the, the radio technician. Uh, you could be, you know, anything, um, and you can make a difference for the relationship you have around you. Um, now, you may not be able to change the whole organization, but you can start to change the interactions and relationships around you, and then it starts, and, you, you know, you get another colleague with you, and we've had this happen uh, numerous times in the five language appreciation. It started in one little spot, and it grew in that department. It grew across the division. It's gone across huge companies. Dr. Paul White, who just released his book, The Vibrant Workplace, Overcoming the Obstacles to Building a Culture of Appreciation, which is a follow-up on the book of that he wrote along with Dr. Gary Chapman, The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, which I think is the most earth-shattering, earthquaking book to hit business, organization, culture in the foreverness. I mean, it's incredible. Dr. Paul White, sorry I had to cut you off before the break. I, I, I hate to do that. How does negativity and busyness impede the march towards creating a vibrant workplace? Because we're all, sometimes you're dealing with crabby people who are like, just do your job. I'm not going to make you feel appreciated. Just, I just do my job. Why can't you just do your job? And then right. sometimes people are just busy. How do you get those out of the way so you can create the vibrant workplace? 
Yeah, those are two of the 10 obstacles that we identified. And, and uh, let me address busyness first, because that's almost always the first one out of somebody's mouth is like, oh, we're too busy, we don't have time. And people are busy, and we acknowledge that. And in fact, we developed our resources and tools for busy people. We know that people can't sort of create another to-do list. You've got your regular one, your sort of project one, and now you've got a recognition or appreciation one. It's too much. But what we've learned is how to help people communicate appreciation in the ways that are meaningful in small acts that you're either doing or almost doing and just need to change them up a little bit. One of the challenges is people think they've got to do everything for everybody. Well, that's a waste of time and energy. I mean, not everybody values a verbal compliment of only about 45% of the workforce. So that's 55 that don't. Uh, not everybody wants you to hang out with them. Not everybody needs some help or wants a gift. So we want to help people be able to get past the busyness and find out what's meaningful and sort of just hit the mark right on the target. And um, and what we find is that once people start to feel valued and appreciated, a lot of the discussions and meetings that you have dealing with just time-wasting kinds of things goes away, and you're more productive and things get done. Um, and you don't have to remind people to do things because they're on board and say, I know this is important to you, and they get it done. That's in- It's incredible. How does building a, a culture of appreciation impact our ability to share our faith at work? Well, you know, this is the, the vision I've had from the get-go, and that is with the, the five languages of appreciation. I think it's the way that we are able to show the love of Christ in a practical way to the people that we work with. And we find out, do they like compliments? And if so, do they like them written or verbal? Do they like people to check in and see how they're doing and maybe invite them to lunch or, you know, meet with your supervisor. Do they need a little help and they really appreciate that? And so the results from uh, the Motivating by Appreciation inventory not only identifies people's language but also the specific actions they want and from whom they want it. So it's like, I want this from my supervisor, but this is what I want from my colleagues, and you find out, okay, now I can do that. And so I find that it, it creates a platform to serve people, to show them love, and it's, and then they're willing to share their lives with you. Um, and mm. and you get in and build that relationship because they know you care about them. That's that. I mean, that's really what's behind the I Work for Am Nation pledge. You start praying for people. You start showing them that you care by serving them and befriending them. Then you get that opportunity because they know you care to actually pray with them. But it is that appreciation. People just need to know they're appreciated. If you want to create an unbelievable culture, you need to show people that they're appreciated. All right, last question for you. I didn't ask this last time you were on the air, but this whole this whole concept, this an appreciation atmosphere, managing by appreciation, the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. Is there a scriptural back, backbone to all this? Oh, no, it's anti-biblical, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, I'll tell you what. We have, uh, well, Dr. Chapman and I in, intentionally wrote the book, The Five Languages of Appreciation uh, in the Workplace, uh, not from an overtly Christian perspective, so it could be used in secular marketplaces. And it's of been course. used in over 500 colleges and universities and by Microsoft and ExxonMobil and all that kind of stuff. But um, we know that... Um, the concept is there. It, you know, there's this thing about do unto others as you would have them do unto you, and that we're, you know, encouraged to be kind to one another. But nonetheless, we we created or I created a uh, 
uh, a Bible study supplement that just goes through it. I'm not trying to proof text up, but it's just like, you know, the five languages are throughout the Bible about, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul went and, and hung out with people in their city and worked with them. And and Jesus touched people and, you know, brought the children to him anyway. Um, and First Thessalonians is just chock full of verses about encourage one another and uh, show appreciation. So, it, yeah, it's biblical. And if you want, if people want, uh, I'll, I'll get that supplement to you, and I'll let you distribute how, how you want. Or they can write me at, uh, let's do admin at appreciation at work.com, and it's the word at, but admin at appreciation at work.com. Just say Bible study supplement, and we'll get it to them. That's fantastic. Dr. Paul White, thanks so much for coming on and sharing the vibrant workplace with us. I can send them to appreciation at work.com, right? That's the right Absolutely, and that'll get them to all the different resources we have in the different books as well. Dr. Paul White, thanks for being an I Work For Him. Thank you so much, Jim.